Revenge bedtime procrastination is a thing, and I cannot stop thinking about it. Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland are the frontrunners for a new Willy Wonka movie. Let that sit in. And Stephen LeConte is back. We're giving out so much advice today. It's January 22nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham, and welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Today, I want to introduce our special guest host. It's Delia Kai. Hi, Delia. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Casey. Of course. So Delia is the growth and trends editor at BuzzFeed, which means she knows everything that is going on on the site. So we are so happy to have you with us. Uh, You know, today is mostly been a day on Slack for us, just like dropping Bernie memes, uh, which have been so good. He was just put in Save the Last Dance, which I'm still crying about. It's so funny. They're they're all so good, and I feel like you know it's 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 been a couple of days since the inauguration, but I still feel like I'm looking at each meme anew. Like each one feels like the first time. <laughs> it's so good. I do. I truly do want to see him put it, photoshopped into every single thing. I'm not going to get sick of it. So Delia, today I just like <laughs> this thing is blowing my mind because it is me. It is called revenge bedtime procrastination. Have you heard of it before? No, but it it sounds it sounds familiar in that I'm sure like it will explain my life so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this this is the only therapy you're gonna need. It's this podcast. <laughs> so so here's some background on it. Revenge bedtime procrastination occurs when you feel like you can't control your time during the day. It manifests itself when you start doing things like watching TV late into the night, or if you're like me watching so many TikToks before you fall asleep. I'm going to have TikToker Samantha Hyder take it away. Hey, fun fact. Did you guys know that there's this thing called revenge bedtime procrastination where people will refuse to sleep because they don't have much control over their daytime life? So they will sleep very late at night, even if they're super tired, because they just don't want that free time to end at night and they don't want tomorrow to start. Okay, is this not the most relatable content you've seen in a while? Yes, it it puts so much in context because I too am always finding myself up super late watching TikTok or just doing nothing, but I'm like, it's not time yet. It's not time to sleep. (laughs) I know. It's so sad to think like, I don't want tomorrow to start, so I'll will it to not by ruining my day. I mean, another word for this revenge procrastination is just self-sabotage. Right. It's like the revenge is on you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not the revenge I want. I want the revenge to be on anything else but me, but this is what I'm doing. And now I know what I'm going to be talking about in my next therapy session. Right, exactly. (laughs) Well, meanwhile, we also need to talk about the potential casting decisions for a new Willy Wonka movie. Apparently, Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland are the two frontrunners for the whimsical candy maker. Uh, The upcoming film called Wonka is meant to be an origin story of the titular character. Um, And a movie like this has been rumored since 2016, and it's been reported that Ryan Gosling... Donald Glover and Ezra Miller um, have all been in the running to play the eccentric character. Um, So knowing that, Casey, how do you feel about (laughs) these casting choices? You know what? Not great, Delia. I mean, now that I know that those other three were in the running, I'm so confused while we've landed on Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. 
I totally agree. Like Tom Holland, he's like, you know, so sweet and kind of like wholesome. Right. And, and Timothy, I think he could rock the outfits, but I don't see the, the, like the, I don't get the darkness around him that I do with like Ezra Miller, you know? No, you don't. He doesn't have that darkness and I'm sorry, but he's really young. I'm not buying that this young man owns a candy factory, <laughs> but like, that's what's my problem's going to be with this entire movie. If that's the direction they go in. <laughs> I think uh, our colleague Kayla Harrington was talking about how, you know, if they really wanted to make an inspired casting choice, they should have Janelle Monet play Wonka, which I was oh like, my that's God, brilliant. Yes. No, that's such a good idea because she's zany. She would look gorgeous in any Willy Wonka outfit ever. And I would follow her down a chocolate river like easy. Absolutely. I would be like, yes, this, you know, strange candy maker offering me a a lifetime of candy or or whatever. Like I'm in, you know, I'd follow Janelle down, down a dark alley into the factory as well. Great. Looking forward to our fates, whatever they may be going down these dark alleys. Okay. But Delia, I'm so happy to have you with us here today because this is one of my favorite things we do on the podcast. We've got Stephen LaConte here to give us some advice. Have you heard his segment before? Yes. And I love Steven's advice. Um, from what I understand, he keeps his DMs open on Twitter and Instagram. Brave. Um, so anyone can ask him for help with their problems. And I always love to hear his take. I know it's so ridiculously brave, maybe stupid. You know, I haven't called him stupid on air before, but you know what? Leaving your DMs open like that is wild because he gets, he gets like absolutely wild stories that come in, but he's so good with the advice. And so Today, I'm looking forward to it because we're talking about a woman stuck in a lease with her ex and a man whose boyfriend has admitted he's still attracted to his baby mama. Hi, Steven. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. Of course. So we're starting off with a doozy. This person signed a lease for six months. The catch, it's with her ex. The two have created separate rooms for themselves, but a writer is having trouble moving on with other people. She feels stuck in limbo because he has no interest in reconciling. But she's around him every day. She wants to know how to move on when an ex is around you all the time. Steven, what say you? Okay, well, the question she was asking was really about like how to date other people when you still live with your ex, right? But I have to be honest here. My advice in this specific case is maybe just don't. I'm not sure if that's going to be a controversial take here, and maybe others will disagree with me, which is fine. But... Given the specifics of the situation, as you described them, and the fact that you only have six months left on this lease, I think you will actually be happiest if you can put a pin on dating other people until you're out of that house. There are a bunch of reasons why I'm saying this. First of all, you have to think about the risks versus the reward. It's already hard enough to cohabitate peacefully with an ex, and you've been able to strike some sort of a happy balance in your home life so far. I think you should take great pains to maintain that. I don't think any Tinder date would be worth blowing that up. Uh, Second of all, and this is like the most important one, there's a raging pandemic going on right now, which means it's really not a great time to be going out on dates for anyone. For the record, I'm putting my money where my mouth is here. Like I'm a single person and I'm extremely not going out on dates these days. And in pandemic times, when you do go on dates, you probably need to disclose that information to your roommates because you are potentially opening them up to the risk of exposure. So I don't think you could ethically go out in secret and not tell your ex because he actually does have a right to know what his possible COVID exposures are right now. And then the third and last thing to consider, 
after a breakup, it's best to take some time to focus on yourself before jumping back into that dating world. Uh, do lots of self-care, pick up old hobbies you love, foster your friendships, work on your career, focus on who you are when you're outside a relationship. That would be my advice to literally anyone post-breakup. And because of the specifically uh, precarious situation you're in right now, that advice just goes double. If you want to dip your toe into the dating world on these last six months of your lease, by all means, download dating apps, slide into DMs, flirt with crushes in the privacy of your bedroom, go wild. But in terms of actual dating, I really think six months is not a long time to wait to protect the harmony of your home and the people who live in it. Yeah, I'm all for dating, but just now's not the time. Now's not the that's time. That's it. Now's not the time for many reasons for this person. Yeah. And I, six, like six months, like, I mean, like we'll be lucky if in six months you even have the vaccine. So like, like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal for these last six months that you're finishing out on your lease to just decide that you're going to focus on yourself. I mean, I don't, I don't mind you swiping on Tinder or whatever, but I think it's just going to be a real recipe for disaster. If you start trying to negotiate like, oh, I'm bringing a guy home. I just don't think that's going to be worth like blowing up the harmony that you have in your house right now positive of all of this. I'm really proud of them for creating separate spaces. What's that called, Stephen? Boundaries. Boundaries. And we love <laughs> boundaries on this show. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're hearing from a woman who is not ready to forgive her sister-in-law who refused to meet her newborn. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, there's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're here with Stephen LaConte. He's going through more of your DMs. This next one is from a woman who says she's just not ready to forgive her sister-in-law. The writer had a daughter five months ago, and at the time, she says her sister-in-law refused to meet the baby. 
The sister-in-law was dealing with fertility issues and recently had a miscarriage. Now that the sister-in-law is finally ready to meet the baby, the writer says she's not ready to, quote, sweep it under the rug. She says she and her husband are still angry and expect an apology. Stephen, what do you have to say to her? Well, this is like a really heartbreaking situation and I feel for everyone involved. For you, I can imagine how upsetting it would be to uh, give birth to your daughter and have your sister-in-law refuse to meet the child. And then for your sister-in-law, experiencing fertility issues and a miscarriage must have been totally traumatic. And I can see how her pain would be compounded by watching a family member give birth to a happy and healthy baby. And I have to imagine that her decision not to meet her new baby niece must have come from a place of extreme pain. Um, I don't think she relished the decision to avoid your baby. It's probably a decision she felt she had to make to protect herself in an intensely fragile state. Um, And it probably hurt her just as much as it hurt you, if not more so. So you write in your DM that you expect an apology. And for the record, I actually think you probably technically are owed one. Your sister-in-law's actions, while understandable, were probably not the quote-unquote right thing to do. Um, But I have to be honest with you. In absence of that apology from her, I think you should just move on anyway and decide to show a little grace to a person who has been under extreme duress. And for the record, I think you're in a position to do that. You're doing well in life. You're on solid ground. You have the blessings of your health and your baby. Your sister-in-law cannot say the same. Clearly, she's trying to move forward in her life, and she's trying to make amends by having a relationship with your daughter now. I think you should let her do that, apology or not. And just count yourself very lucky that you've never had to make the sort of painful decisions that she did. Oh, Stephen, your kind heart melted my stone cold heart. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Casey. I, I think this is great advice, Stephen, because I, I sort of reading this, I, I really felt for the sister-in-law. Um, she doesn't say um, how recently the sister-in-law had the miscarriage to. And so it sort of it really like breaks my heart to think that maybe the birth and the miscarriage would have been very close in, in terms of timing, too. Yeah, yeah. And I also the one thing that was I was like, I don't think you really are owed an apology. What I would say more is like, and you'll love this, Stephen, is just like an honest, open conversation with each other with a lot of empathy because Mm -hmm. both sides were hurt for very different reasons. Like it's, they're not even like related. They're both going through very big things each on their own. And so it's like, they need to have that conversation. And on that note, I think uh, one thing that this letter writer should consider, I think the letter writer is sort of assuming that the lack of apology is coming from a place of like, feeling like, oh, I have nothing to apologize for, like nothing Mm. bad happened. You might want to consider that like, maybe she's just literally not able to talk about it because it is still an extremely painful thing for her. And I have to imagine that like the fact that she lost like those first five months with her baby niece, like that's, that's not going to be easy on her. Like it's possible that this is just something that she is the only way for her to move forward is just to sort of like pretend like it didn't happen and like move on. And I think if she wants to move on, please let her do that. All right. Finally, we've got a little more ex drama. This guy has been with his boyfriend for two years. His boyfriend has a baby mama that he's been broken up with for four years. But our writer found his boyfriend snooping on his baby mama's socials, called him out on it and was lied to. The boyfriend, it turns out, still harbors feelings for his baby mama. What should our writer do? In a situation like this, 
I think there's only a path forward if your partner is willing to cut ties completely with their ex. Like if they're willing to say, yes, I still have some residual attraction to my ex, but they're completely out of my life. We do not communicate. And now I just need some time to heal. Then I might say, okay, give your partner a chance to process those feelings a little before you pull the plug. But here's the bad news. Your partner shares children with this ex, so they cannot and should not cut off contact with each other. They need to be in each other's lives. They need to communicate regularly so that they can effectively co-parent their children. That's really important, and you shouldn't try to get in the way of it. And here's more bad news. They broke up four years ago. Not a year ago, not six months ago, four years. Your partner's had nearly half a decade to move on from this person, but he can't. What does that tell you? And then he lied about it. What does that tell you? You framed your question to me as, am I wasting my time? So I'll answer it this way. It depends on what your time is worth. He's already had four years to move on from this person, and that didn't work. Are you willing to give him four more? I would not. I don't love giving advice that basically just amounts to break up because I always like to explore the possibility that there might be a way to move forward. But given that your boyfriend still has this attraction to his ex after so much time has passed and the fact that he will never be able to truly remove her from his life when they share children together, I actually do think you might be at a dead end here. Stephen, when you asked what his time is worth, I got chills. <laughs> okay, chills is always Me been for here. You know, that's that radical honesty, Stephen. That's that's what I'm all about. Radical honesty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. There's many people out there in this world, so you got to figure out what's going to make you the happiest. <laughs> and do you know, I think this person said that they've, yeah, they've been with this boyfriend for two years, and I think there's sort of like this whole, do y'all know what like the sunk cost fallacy is? Oh my God, yes, but please, please tell tell everyone. Okay, and I'm, I'm almost certainly saying this wrong. Nobody look it up because I don't feel like being proven wrong. But <laughs> basically, there's this, there's this tendency that like when we've invested a lot in like something or someone, we have a tendency to invest more and more into it because mm. we don't want to believe that it was a waste. But sometimes yeah. it's better to just accept like, all right, that was a bust and move on. Mm-hmm. Oh, Stephen. Thank you for being here always. Thanks for having me. I love it here. I truly do. Yeah, Stephen, this was great. Thank you so much for joining us. Julia, it was so fun to have you here. All right, that's it for today. Have a great weekend and be sure to join us again on Monday. And remember, when you revenge procrastinate before bed, you are only bringing that revenge upon yourself. So please get some sleep, everyone. <laughs> BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanine. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Monk Ticketer, Samantha Hennig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Have you ever felt depressed about work only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant. And I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy. So that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could at Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. 
Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free. Until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.